Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because it's not so much about communications anymore, John. I mean, that's important. But for leaders, it's about communicating to influence. And communicating to influence is predicated probably on the ability to share and project a reasonably consistent narrative over time. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Ignite Management Services and Liberty Strength. These sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Also, I want to encourage you to join us on our growing YouTube channel. Search for Deep Leadership on YouTube for videos of all my interviews and exclusive content. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about the importance of transformational leadership. And my guest is Dr. Karuna Ramanadan. Karuna is a transformational leadership expert with nearly three decades of experience. He's also a former naval warship captain from the Republic of Singapore Navy. We sat down and talked about how transformational leadership can ignite your organization, bring out the best in your teams, and help you crush your goals. Now, I love sitting down with Karuna and his deep experience experience in this subject, and I know you will as well. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Karuna Ramadadan. Karuna is a transformational leadership expert with nearly three decades of experience in supporting senior leaders and organizations through difficult transformations. He is a former naval warship captain from the Republic of Singapore Navy who went on to lead and architect leadership transformation and system level changes in the center of core leadership development. Karuna is currently the principal consultant for KR Consulting, bringing with him, deep experience gained from designing and facilitating more than 2,500 company sessions. I am excited to have him on the show to learn more about the importance of transformational leadership. So, Karuna, welcome to the show. John, thank you for having me. And it's, it's really a privilege to be invited to, to share my thoughts. I mean, each time, this is, this is such a learning experience for me. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm honored to have you on the show because... I really think this idea of transformational leadership is critical nowadays. And 
your perspective, I think, is going to really help uh, me and our listeners come to better understand this and and why it's so important. So uh, first of all, let's just get started off with your early career. Now, you, as I mentioned in the introduction, you're a naval warship captain. And how did that influence your approach to transformational leadership and leadership in general? You know, uh, one of the big shifts, uh, and I know we share uh, fairly common backgrounds, uh, but one of the big shifts, and I share this in the in the work that I do with clients and leaders in in the workshops, is uh, the humbling realization that power does not equate influence. Uh, or let me explain this. I mean, I've I've actually had positions of power, as we all do in warships, and you rise up, and I was privileged enough to be to be trusted to command two warships in the space of the 20 years that I was in the Navy. And, and that gave, for a while, that meant that you were king. But as the days drew on, and as the storms build up, build up you realize, working with your crew, that you really have to influence them. And, and that Positional power is only as good as the processes and the procedures uh, on the, on board the ship. You, to really get them to stay motivated and to be really committed to cause and to stay focused on the mission, you would have to be able to influence them. And that, to me, is a, is a, is that subtle shift between moving from power to influence. And, and in organizations today, there seems to be a, a there seems to be a lack of understanding around these areas and 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 often than not power is often confused for influence and and it then affects the transformation agenda and the change agenda that we need to be uh, thinking about and and getting going and and really unpacking that is so important this is so i would just say power does not equate influence we we are we are power gives you position and gives you authority, but influence gets you going, gets work done, gets people moving. And transformational leadership is pretty much that. So so I've, I've actually learned that quite uh, bluntly several times uh, to actually get people moving, the men and women moving, you actually need to be able to influence them. So, so that's the first frame that I, that I always take away from my experience over the 20 years. Power does not equate influence. It's really interesting too, because I I know when I meet people throughout my career, they you know they know that I'm ex-military, and so they think that I come from a command and control kind of environment. They think I'm going to lead that way, but as you correctly pointed out, when you're out with a crew out at sea and there's no you know the lines are off and you're on your own, uh, it's it's not about positional power. It is about it's all about influence and knowing your knowing your sailors and them knowing you and knowing them knowing what your goals are for the mission and and how each person is motivated i think people are surprised when they learn that a lot of a lot of military people like yourself like myself learned a lot about leadership not and then it wasn't positional power it wasn't rank on our collar it was it was how we dealt with people every day and i think that's interesting that you had the similar experience that i had oh totally and it's just well a lot of it's on hindsight of course you know yeah. And and that and you introspect around where you think you had done well enough and where do you think it fallen well short of, and you realize that the impact we have on people is not through the power we have; it's largely through the influence. And so the question now becomes: and as we translate this to organizations and to help all the leaders out there and all the managers out there, are you prepared to be deliberately or intentional 
about your impact. And when you do that, then you actually grow influence because the test for influence is not results. The test for influence is how people feel around you. And when they feel well around, well enough around you, then you get the results. And 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 that's really going to be a fundamental shift in the kind of world that we're going to have to be prepared to do. How do you shift people from people to res- from results to people? The results piece is so obvious yeah. and it's necessary. But in transformation work, transformational leadership is not the sole providence of the visionary leader. It now needs to step right into the step into the crevices of the organization's people, managers, project leaders, supervisors, they all have an opportunity to grow their transformational leadership skills. These are influence skills, John. Uh, and it really, really is really going to be the, the delta. It's going to be the ad. It's going to be the plus plus. So let's talk a little bit about transformational leadership. I know for me, through most of my career, I thought I was a servant leader because that was the one that was the idea that was probably most available in 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 uh, you know acad- uh, not academic press but in practitioner books. You know, and servant leadership was very popular, and I thought, well, that's the kind of leader I am because I care deeply about people. But then when I studied more about transformational leadership, I realized that I was probably more towards a transition transformational leader because I cared about the people becoming the best that they could what they could be in pursuit of an organizational goal. And so I really fell in love with the idea of transformational leadership. So how would you define transformational leadership? Well, okay. Uh, and, and like I said, my reference point for this is, uh, let me just qualify that, right? So, yeah. I mean, I, having worked on a PhD in leadership and in and, and, and knowledge transfer, I, I let's put that aside. There's a lot of good stuff that's happened so far. I mean, it's decades old, but but in the real work that we have been privileged enough to be trusted to do in the last five, six, seven years, and with, with hundreds of leaders and managers in organizations, I would say transformational leadership simply is, is simply premised on the frame of moving from results to people in the hope that you could probably do one, two, or three things. And the first one is to be able to hold the success mindset. A mindset is a terribly loaded word, but let's call it the growth mindset, the success mindset. So it's very difficult for me to imagine a leader who is not going to be associated with the success mindset being able to motivate anyone at work. I mean, so, so, and, and people, and for the large part, I mean, people go to work for, because it's a, it's a means to an end. And, and so, and, and that, I mean, hopefully it gives them happiness and fulfillment and all that. But, but I think people are many, they will slog away at it if, if there's something to believe in. So the word purpose now comes into bed. So the success frame is really important. The second for transformational leadership is probably linked to that when you hold up or you manage to hold up the success frame as a leader or a manager, then you are looking at the relationship frame. Now, in the relationship frame, you're really looking at the choice between a professional relationship in the case of a difficult one or a the cultivation of a personal relationship in the case of a good and encouraging one. And we've all got friends over the years that relationships that we have cultivated in the many jobs that we have done, be it in the military or the organization or some NGO, that we have, the, these are your BFFs, they are your good friends, they are, they are people you have, they are people you'd, you'd, you'd go and spend, have dinner with, you know. 
So the second is relationships. And I can't, and a lot of good people have said a lot of things about the quality of your relationships, driving the quality of your thinking, for example, the quality of your work and results. The third to that would probably be, and this is a harder one to get to. So when you get, you'll get from success, you get through relationships. The third is narrative. And I think that narrative is largely underplayed because it's not so much about communications anymore, John. I mean, that's important. But for leaders, it's about communicating to influence. And communicating to influence is predicated probably on the ability to share and project a reasonably consistent narrative over time. So people really want to know what exactly are you about? What are you up to? I mean, how, how, what do you hold important? Where, do you, where, where are you in this whole scheme of things? So I'll go back to it. It looks like it's going to be for transformational leadership which I find really compelling because of the need for organizations to transform now, it's going to be success to me, success, relationships, and narrative. And, 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 and that will, would help us to probably shift from a results to a people frame. And here's, we are talking about leadership. So it's not just uh, confined to the 3% or the 5% at the top of the organization. It's at all levels of the organization, right down to anyone who has got who's got responsibility and, uh, and accountability for people in organizations. So it even goes to the minus ones, minus twos, minus threes. That's a whole lot of people in the middle. Absolutely. Let's talk a little about narrative because I think that's something that we don't talk about enough. And <clears throat> I think that people want to be part of a story. They want to be, they want to know where they fit in a story and and what the purpose of the story, where, where you're taking them on a journey, where are we going? And, and, and what does it look like when we get there? And I think when we do that, I think our people sort of get on board with some, some, so, uh, a story that they want to be a part of. So tell, tell us why narrative is so important in this transformational leadership model that we're talking about. The, the choice of a personal or professional relationship it's not just the managers or the leaders. It is also that individual who has to report to the manager or leader. So in this relationship, the ask would be, who are you? What is it that you hold dear? How do I learn to work with you? And perhaps should I choose to trust you? So narrative to me actually extends into the trust game, the trust factor. And a, a lot of it is going to be um, amplified or dampened by personal experiences, and when people feel comfortable enough to share who, what, how do you, how do you format? How 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 am I formatted? You know, like a hard disk. You know, it, what has got me here? And and I become very comfortable, or, at least, or and I have become very comfortable over the years when people actually share a little more about themselves mm -hmm. to enable the other to start to frame exactly how this person has come up into this place at this point in time. And that's essentially narrative. So it's, it's that personal story constituting a narrative, an outlook, a, a view of life, a worldview, perhaps even a mental model that someone yeah. holds. And, and that breaks everything down so quickly, John. And it's really a skill. So it's no longer just about learning to message or to communicate. That's all good and extent. But influence skills are probably even deeper. They are probably embedded in narrative. And for the large part, it is working on your personal story. And that's really going to be really important. I mean, the workshops we do take a little bit of that quite so seriously uh, to strengthen relationships. So if you, if 
I cannot imagine someone who's just dishing out work who expects to build trust. Actually, that's a workshop that we're running tomorrow. If you're gonna if you're gonna stay silent behind your laptop, that's not gonna get you very far. And then and then it's funny that you're sitting in a how to build trust workshop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I think what you're saying is is that people want to know your story and they want totally. to communicate their story. And one of the things that's interesting is that I learned that on these long deployments that I went on where you stood these long watches with your sailors and you got deep. I mean, we spent six totally. hour watches, you know, every, every day I would spend six, you know, six hours with the same sailors and I knew everything about them. I knew every, all of their girlfriends and their, their likes, their dislikes, their, their favorite food, what they look forward to when they got home. I knew their story. I knew their narrative and they knew my narrative. And so there was a bond. They trusted me. I trusted they them. They trusted you, John. Because we yeah. built a relationship. Yeah. That's 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 the algorithm for trust. I mean, it's yeah. as simple as that. I mean, how do you build? How, I know Simon Sinek says you need to build trusting teams. Yeah, all that stuff. But for those of us who have been in the trenches on the six-hour watches, you know that if you don't open up, you're not going to get them to open up. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, it's interesting because I learned that. And I remember at my first manufacturing plant that I ran, I was trying to figure out how to do that because I was the general manager. I had a corner office. I had a big factory. How am I going to build those relationships? And I started to do it by spending a lot of time on the shop floor. Just and and I and I created a program called Fridays on the Floor, where the first Friday of every month I would spend four hours working in a different work center, just so I could build the relationship with the team in that work center, and they could get to know me, and I could get to know them. But it was it was about connecting because what I noticed in that factory was the hourly people were on one side and the salary people were on the other side. And there was a disconnect in the organization. I was trying to bring everybody together. And I did it through through narrative, through getting to know people and getting to know me. But it was interesting how the culture changed over time just by having these connecting points, which was interesting. So it's, it's good to hear that this is actually an important part of it because I, I found this to be successful in, in my career. Totally. I mean, you know... Uh, when you are ship captain, you have a a, a very visible chair mm, called the captain's yes. chair on the bridge. But if you spend all your time sitting there, then I guess the ship would sail. But I'm not so sure about the the quality of the crew. Yeah. Uh, and so, but if you if you got down into the trenches, if you got down to the cable party, if you got down to the engine room, and if you if you made yourself available. Uh, those touch points are really important. Now, let's fast forward that to organizational life. If the CEO is going to sit in his office and he's going to be protected by two secretaries or personal assistants, that's <laughs> going to that that actually speaks volumes of the culture of the organization. So, uh, I, I tell senior leaders that you know your problem is you're going to be you you are being watched all the time. And, and the brain actually concludes really quickly. I mean, that's all the neuroscience research as to how we prejudge people, right? So if we, if we had a CEO standing in a lift lobby and, and, and it's non-communicative or it's on, it's on his text because he, he or she has to deal with something very important, that's not the view of the people, the three other people or five other people around waiting in the lift. Just, this, is, this is not a friendly person. I am not so sure. I better be on my guard the next time I have to say something in a meeting because I'm not so sure. And so, but but if the CEO is aware of that, and then and that awareness actually allows him to or her to actually use that to take that three minute touch point. And a lot of good people have said a lot of things about this, but we learned this on board ships because we really had to trust people in order for us to 
go to bed peacefully. I mean, there's no way you could not sleep after one or two days. And I think the greatest, the greatest test of trust is your ability to put your life in someone else's hands while you shut eye for a couple of hours. And, and that has been such a humbling experience. I mean, I, when I share these uh, stories in my life uh, in, the, in, the, in the leadership workshops that I do with managers, they just light up because it's actually you have a choice. How much are you willing to trust others in order to help them trust you? We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. As a leader, you're responsible for the mission and the people assigned to you. Regardless of the size of your team, employees are depending on you for their lives and careers. For the sake of your team and the people who entrust you with this role, you need to master the skills to become a great leader. Best-selling leadership author John Rennie is proud to introduce the Qualified Leadership Book Series. This new series teaches you how to become a people-centered leader. Great leaders know that employees who are respected, appreciated, and allowed to grow will go the extra mile. These books provide real-world leadership wisdom written from a hands-on perspective. If you want to be a more effective leader, this is the one book series you should read this year. This three-book series contains the following best-selling leadership books. I Have the Watch, You Have the Watch, and All in the Same Boat for one low price of $39.99. Begin your journey to become a leader worth following. Go to johnsrenny.com and get your order in today. This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy execution or cultural transformation. It's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the Resilient Leadership Assessment Tool, This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger at Liberty Strength. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. Your energy skyrockets, your sleep improves, your confidence increases, and more. But how can you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best people for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put Liberty Strength in your corner. Jeremy and his team will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. I've worked with Liberty Strength for the past two years, and I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm still hitting strength personal records at 56 years old. 
If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at libertystrengthtx.com to find out more and get your initial consultation schedule with him today. The idea that you're putting your, tr- you're, you're literally putting your life in other someone else's hands. But that's what we did. And that's the ultimate <laughs> level of trust, right? When the captain goes to bed at night and he puts his captain's night orders out and I, I'm, I'm the officer of deck as a 23-year-old, uh, I've got the ship and he's asleep and he better trust me. And so, <laughs> he does. He did. But he developed me, but he he worked That's to right. make sure that I was competent so that, you know, he developed me to be competent so that I he could go to sleep at, at night. And that's part of it, too, is is developing your people to be able to be competent, to be able to trust, to be trustworthy. Totally, totally. And, and it's very, very understated and undervalued. And it has been these these seemingly abstract fairy tale story concepts have actually been part of another world for a long time until quite recently. Uh, but I think post-pandemic, uh, we are now seeing, and it's something that we did, we chatted about briefly just before we started to get on the show, uh, what we're seeing in this side of the world is forced change instead of planned change. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the organizational development concepts, uh, and, and some of them are beautiful constructs and models, are actually uh, uh, actually built around planned change, which means you do a diagnosis and then you ask the leadership and then you work with them. But a lot of organizations are, in, organizations are increasingly finding themselves in forced change for some for, for, for reasons of survival, some ex, some just because of the opportunities for growth. There's a whole digital transformation agenda still going on and there. There's a lot being written about lots of stuff and now AI is actually imploding, you know. So basically, you have to deal with forced change. And in forced change, you're going to have to do this a lot faster, a lot, a lot more a lot more at all levels. And I think there's a Center for Creative Leadership report that just got put up on LinkedIn. I think that that actually amplifies this. It actually says that, you know what, you need to scale it quickly. So the question on the table is, how do you find effective ways for leaders and managers, particularly managers who actually, if the leaders are the 5%, the managers, middle managers are probably the 20 or 30%. And there's no way a training budget is going to be able to drag everyone through quite successfully uh, conversion programs. You're going to have to DIY this. You're going to have to activate this. So I take this belief that transformational leadership is actually in us. Because I mean, just imagine this, John, for a moment. I mean, like if 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 I was going to move away, if I was if I'm from Singapore, if I was going to go away and, and 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 work in the United States with my family, as I've done in Australia, I was actually on exchange service with the Australian Navy when about 25 years ago. Uh, it was an amazing experience for two years. You are necessarily a transformational leader. You actually have to deal with yourself moving from one state to the other, from one shift to the other, from one frame to the other. You're going to have to deal with how you rethink your skill sets and you actually are going to have to stay relevant in a new situation, in a new context. So I think we have that reset switch in us for the most part. And, and it's about helping our leaders and managers activate that. Uh, moving from results to influence on the promise that if that work on your influence, you should over a certain or longer term see better results. I think what you're saying, and I think it's really important, is that it, it used to be a time when we would, like the, the John Cotter change model, we would have one yeah. change program and we would we would announce it. We would get the, you know, the team on board and and we would go through the whole thing and we would sustain the change and and 
that was great, you know, and, and, and I think even early in my career, we were doing one change a year, maybe. But it seems like now is that we're doing many different uh, plan changes and on top of force changes that are coming from our external environment. Like you said, like technology changes. Uh, we've had the COVID pandemic. We've had supply chain crisis. We've had economic downturns. Uh, all these things have, effect, have forced us to be able to, do we have to be able to deal with those changes, external changes? And so part of it is, in my mind, it's not so much about leading change now. It's about building a team that can deal with continuous change. It's almost like the idea that we, we have to build a resiliency within our organization to be able to handle anything that might come down the path that we know we can trust each other to move in a certain direction when the, when the, when the, the external environment affects us. It's not like the old days where you could sort of plan these things out. At least that's the way I'm feeling these days lately. Uh, uh, you're spot on. I mean, I'm just trying to wrap myself around a few of the constructs again. And basically, I would say that as leaders and managers, we need to ask ourselves whether we are predisposed or committed to a success frame. You could call that mindset, mental model, worldview, whatever you want to call it. Uh, am I oriented towards success? Because chances are, if I'm not, then it's, very, it's going to be very hard to motivate enough people to lead them into that frame. And, and most people come to work for success. I mean, happiness aside. Okay. The second is, let's recap. Should I, if I'm, if people believe that I am in the success frame and is really good, is a good leader or manager to work, work for, work with, then the question is, am I also committed to building relationships? Now, I, that's where we have choices, right? How much of it you want to do, where do you want to keep? Because the the point about being at work is unlike home. Home, happiness is based on choice relationships. Success at work is based on our ability to navigate and, and to, to kind of uh, leverage on no choice relationships. I mean, we don't really have too much of a choice as to who we can select in our team. I mean, we, we think we do, but we don't. And a whole lot of trouble starts there. And the third is basically, uh, it's whether that over the, the narrative is consistent and, and whether this person is, and that's where you get concepts like authenticity and all that coming in, you know, uh, whether this narrative about this person is consistent and how much of this person, and that's the vulnerability part, how much of it are you opening up, you know, I mean, how, how much of your life experience, lived and life experiences are you prepared to share so that we all learn together with you to add those three up you probably have a decent enough algorithm for building trust in the teams that we are going to have to do to get them a lot more change ready because the influence factor probably goes up within and outside of that. So if we're going to measure this, if I was going to do another PhD, I would actually try to measure the influence skills in an organization as a, as a predisposition to change readiness. I yeah, That would be a fascinating topic. Interesting. So you're saying that, that the... A level of influence affects the ability to be change ready in an organization. Is that uh, that's you, all you work, that John. relationship, right? That's what we have come to learn from so many leaders over the last few years. How do you how do you diagnose the level of influence in an organization? Remember, there they, they used to be this uh, this I know twenty years ago when I started my master's in uh, knowledge management, you know, it was it was basically uh, social network analysis. There was there used to be this this ability, this this technique where you'd map uh, draw lines as to where who talked more yeah. to whom and all that, and that, that's a bit of that, right? I mean, there's, there's a social network at play, but these are influence skills. I mean, how much of influence skills are actually 
what is the potency to grow influence skills? And that would actually relate to what we call flow. So transformational leadership uh, is really now very important. And that actually equates, in my opinion, to influence skills uh, being a major driver of it, not the only driver. But then you also want to ask if actually this can generate enough flow in a transforming organization. It's a system language. Uh, uh, leaders like to build strategies around transforming organizations and they'll say to get this done by then. That's pace. But you actually need flow to actually uncover whether the pace is actually sustainable. And, 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 and the flow rate is what's going to determine that sustainability of that transformation effort. So this then goes back to transformational leadership, goes back to influence, it goes back to the success, the relationships, the narratives that we hold around each other in order to work. Mm. Yeah, I see the, these are all connected uh, very clearly in my mind as well, too. Um, so let, let's, let's, you know, if, we, if, we're, if we've got some listeners that are listening in and they're like, oh, wow, this is really important. This is really, um, some lights are going on in their head and they're saying, I, I want to learn more about this. <clears throat> what kind of advice would you give for those who are struggling? I mean, they're navigating the sea of change that is coming. There's a lot of uncertainty. Um, they may have heard about transformational leadership. They may have heard of some of the things that we're talking about today, what advice would you give them to get started? Where where should they they focus their attention? Um, how can they get their their hands wrapped around this concept of transformational leadership? Well, it'll be coached. So I've I've been coaching for years. So <laughs> that it all boils down, perhaps, to who would you choose to be? Who do I choose to be? That a lot of that gets caught in the abstract existential meaning and purpose of life and all that. But let's just move away from that a bit. Let's just make it a little simpler. Who do I choose to be at work? And if I believe that I can choose to be successful, then the question would be, how might I set myself up for that success? And then that might actually extend into how might I better cope, adapt, and learn faster than others at work? Uh, I, I say this in my work with leaders and managers. Happiness depends on uh, the people around you at home. I mean, if they're not happy at home, you can't possibly be happy. Yeah, I'm happy. My my wife's not happy. My children are not happy, but I'm happy. That's pretty difficult to kind of stomach, right? Okay. So happiness depends on people around you. Success solely depends on your ability to influence. It's solely, I mean, it used to be your position as a manifestation of, of how, how well you're doing, but it now is influence. And, and we can, we can, I mean, we can run and we do this in organizations. Who is the most influential person in this organization? Of course, the CEO's name does come up. But if we ask anyone, people in the organization to actually run to pick three names, one of it might be the CEO, the other two names, yeah, maybe sometimes it's the boss. But but uh, the immediate boss. But sometimes you get some really strange names coming up: Thomas, Peter, Anthony, Samantha. Yeah. Yeah. And after a while, the same people say that. I mean, there's a lot of people saying Samantha's really influential. Who is Samantha? That's exactly my point. Yes. So you, you can, if, if you're successful, influential, you are going to have a far better life ahead of you at work in the years ahead, given all the changes taking out. So to go back to the words. How do you better cope? How do you better adapt? How do you better learn? And that actually might be a working definition for rethinking transformational leadership because it's not there for just the CEO. 
it is for everyone now. It's a switch we need to find. Mm, I love that. Find that switch, flip that switch. That's really important. Um, this is great. Uh, uh, Karuna, what final message would you like to leave with our listeners? <laughs> so, okay, let's go back to influence, right? So basically, if you go back to influence, and then influence is basically I mean, how the test of influence is how people feel around you. Yes. But the problem with that is it actually erodes or it cancels out very quickly if you're not able to respect others. And so it goes back to the fundamental leadership belief of respect. It is it is in us. It is in all of us. Most of us were brought up well enough to understand that. And that should actually help us to locate our switch. Do I respect others enough at work as I do at home? And if that's the case, then empathy becomes something that I can practice. And even empathy is practiced, humility might actually be observed. And when you get there, that's already a jump up in your influence skill set, your influence set of practices. So so, so that's something that you, everyone can probably get onto or hook onto a lot faster. Who do I choose to be at work? And should I then actually start remembering that I am capable of respecting everyone because it's the right thing to do? Mm, wow. Some powerful words of advice. Uh, leaders, hope you got that all in because I know I I did. Uh, who do you choose to be at work? That's a great idea, great uh, concept, the idea of respect, uh, empathy. Uh, yeah, and and humility falls into there as well. And, uh, and, and this idea of influence being very much essential to transformational leadership. Such an important message. Um, uh, Karina, how can uh, people find out more about you, your company, and any resources you have that they could learn more about uh, th these concepts? Well, I mean, uh, every time I do this podcast, I just put it out there. I mean, if you if you if you need if you need to get to me, if you need it, you have a question, if you have. I'm not very good at responding to emails immediately, but I will get to you back. Uh, so you can reach me at Karuna, K-A-R-U-N-A at KRK.SG. Uh, on LinkedIn, you'll find me there and you'll find a lot of, uh, a lot of. Uh, I think I have, I regularly post my thoughts on LinkedIn as well, so as, as do many other good people. And I think there's a wealth of uh, information there and knowledge. So you could actually see a lot about me there. Uh, it's www.krk.sg for um, um, kind of the background on the work we do with our team of associates in Singapore. And we do have an American, we do have a U.S. associate as well. He's actually out of North Carolina. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so it's actually quite close to where you are, John. But, uh, and, and he's on ethical leadership. I mean, Joe's been someone that we've worked with for years. Um, and then, and then uh, we also have, as you see my backdrop here, we have actually, we're very proud of it. We have actually uh, brought brought our thinking into a digital platform, a gamification platform to help middle managers through change. And that is uh, at the go-to-market stage. And that's, you can find details on that on the changeleader.org, the changeleader.org. And, and, and that's a low cost, low entry, uh, help you to build your influence skills within your team uh, kind of platform. We're really, really pretty pleased with what we have managed to do. Oh, that's exciting. This idea of gamification through, yeah. you know, learning transformational leadership through gamification. Very, that's, that's exciting. I'm going to check that out myself. Yes, please. Uh, yes. And we can talk about it later. I mean, there's no, yeah. no problems at all. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, listeners, we're going to head, go ahead and put, uh, you're going to see links in the show notes uh, for Thank all you. of Karuna's resources. And again, I, I highly encourage you to reach out. If something in this message 
that we talked about today is really resonating with you. If you're thinking to yourself, I really need to learn more about transformational leadership and how to build my influence, uh, then there's resources right here in the show notes to reach out to Karuna, talk to him, uh, connect with him on LinkedIn, and learn more about how you can be more influential and you can be able to deal with the changes that we're we're all going to be forced to live with uh, going forward. So I really appreciate, Karuna, this has been a great uh, conversation. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all this information. So thank you very much. Thank you, John. And th- I, I, I did think that the half an hour ago very fast, and it did. And so I've taken a few points away, but you've made me verbalize something. So thank you. It's been a real privilege, and I look forward to more such interactions. Absolutely. I loved it, and they always go very fast. So thanks for coming, <laughs> on, the- <laughs> thanks for coming on the show today. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, all of you. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for Season 2 of the Wannabet Podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that Season 2 starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wannabet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. No more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid.